Welcome to the Out of Bounds Podcast, brought to you by Anchor FM. I am BJ, one of your co-hosts. Joined with all of my people, I got Jamulus, Big Jim. What's going on, Jim? Hey, nothing. How you doing? How you doing? Man, I'm good. I got Mr. Redskin himself. Um, KG, what's going on, baby? Hey, you know how it is. Rocking and rolling, shucking and jiving, baby. I see Junie. Junie, you there? I see Junie. We'll we'll let Junie work out his technical difficulties, and uh, hopefully he can full show for y'all today. Um, full show for y'all today. NFL draft recap. We're gonna talk about the NFL draft. We're gonna talk about our teams, what we thought they did, how they did, that they drafted the people we thought. I mean, our, our opinions matter a little bit. Um, we're going to dive into the NBA playoffs. First round is complete. On to the second round. Give our thoughts about the second round, the disappointments, the surprises. Um, we're going to dip the big toe, only the big toe, because we not, this is not our area of expertise at all. We're going to dip the big toe into the NHL just a little bit to talk capitals and penguins. That sound like a show, y'all? How that sound? Sounds good to me. Sound real good. Yeah, it does. Hey, all right, so let's dive into the uh, what is the NFL draft, man? I I don't even know where to start. Let's let's start. Let's start here. Let's start here. KG, where did you have Baker Mayfield going? I actually had Baker Mayfield going number 10 to Arizona because, to be quite honest, he wasn't the top quarterback in my opinion. And of course I I, I <laughs> Sam Donald wasn't one of my top quarterbacks because he's a USC quarterback. They never pan out. But I didn't have him going number one. Junie Junie, what did you have Baker Mayfield going? You said Junie or Jim? Jim, you, Junie. I'm gonna be honest with you. I had him going one or two. Because that's what they want. That old arrogant, I want to wash my mouth, man. I want to say something so bad. They like <laughs> little arrogant stuff. So I had them going one or two. That's hey, the man. NFL. Wow. Hey, hey, Jim, what did you have Baker Mayfield going? Yeah, I had him like top 15, top 10, top 15 mostly. Okay. I had him going when the Jets moved up to number three. To, to We already knew they were drafting a quarterback. I thought he would be the perfect fit for the Jets because that's New York. You know what I mean? He has that personality. Um, we know he can make plays with his legs and extend plays and stuff. So I, I really thought that Donald would go number one, Sam Donald of USC, uh, uh, Saquon Barkley, number two, and then I had Baker Mayfield, three. So the whole time up until – the Monday or Tuesday before the draft, every I think the consensus of everybody has Sam Donald going number one to the Browns. Um, from from what we 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 saw personally and what we listened to and and the analysts from different people, I don't think any of the quarterbacks were clear cut. I think you get something different with all of them. I think the most pro ready quarterback out of everybody's opinion was Josh Rosen out of UCLA. But everybody's mock draft 2.0, 3.0, 5.0 has Sam Donald going number one to the Browns. And then here come roll around Monday, Tuesday night. You start hearing the Browns might draft Baker Mayfield number one overall. And I'm like, that's got to be a smokescreen. That's got to be a smokescreen. I, I don't – don't get me wrong. I think he, he can make some plays in the right system. But they – I would be – I would be hesitant because – you just drafted a guy named Johnny Manziel a couple of years ago that absolutely flamed out, right, KG? Absolutely. What, Jim, Junie? What y'all think? If 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 you drafted Johnny Manziel, and this guy basically he doesn't want to admit it, he doesn't want to be compared to Johnny, but he's he, come on, man, he's a he's almost uh, the same same player, same height, same body build, makes plays with his with his legs, mouthy. Um, you know, arrogant, arrogant showboaty. 
Off the field issues. Off the field issues. The attitude. Attitude. Everything. I mean, this guy has everything. He a number one pick. I, I don't know. I guess I'm too safe. I would have went Sam Darnold or Josh Rosen. Uh U, UCLA. Uh. You get a clean you get a clean cut quarterback. Face of the franchise guy. Um you know that that doesn't have those problems off the field. Now, now that now that we're talking about that, I'm gonna throw this monkey wrench in, and I'm gonna let y'all because we're gonna get we're gonna get into the surprises of the draft. When I say clean cut, when I say no off the field issues, why not Lamar Jackson? Humble as they come, Jim. You think? Do you honestly, Jim? What did you think Lamar Jackson would go? Oh man, I had him going to maybe Arizona. I figured uh, all the other quarterbacks would be gone by then, and I had him at least going to Arizona. Junie, what about you? What did you have Lamar Jackson? Doing? Really, around tenth pick, ninth, tenth pick. Now, don't get me wrong. I love Lamar Jackson. Y'all love Lamar Jackson. It's just that, like I said, man, today's NFL is just. I can't even speak on it, man. It's just the guy is awesome. I love his game. You know, I love his attitude. You know, to me, he should have went first, second, or third. Maybe the top five. But today's NFL, he just wasn't going to do it. Hey, Junie, you won't speak on it, but I'm going to speak on it. I thought Lamar Jackson wouldn't go past Buffalo. Um. I really thought that he would get top 15 picked out. But like all the times, and you know, Michael Vick was the exception. If you're a black quarterback and you're athletic, all of a sudden you, you can't be a full-time quarterback. Lamar Jackson was scared to run the 40-yard dash because he felt like if the team saw him run a 40-yard dash, that they were really going to press that receiver issue. And that's a shame that this kid, what, ACC player of the year twice, Heisman Trophy winner? Yep. That he can't – like, we talked about this before, guys. Any quarterback you draft, you have to go in there, find out what his strengths, strengths are, what his weaknesses are. And I, I feel like too many times the the, the NFL – and it's, they're proving it with Colin Kaepernick and Eric Reed, Like – for some reason, I guess black quarterbacks are not supposed to be smart enough to be the face of a franchise and run an offense. I don't. I think, and I'll say this on record: I'm not a Redskins fan. No, let me let me let me take that back. I am a Redskins fan. I'm a hometown team fan. I root for all my hometown teams, but my number one team is the Buffalo Bills. Okay. If Robert Griffin never hurts his knee his rookie season, you talking about? Going to the Super Bowl city, baby. KG, yes, sir. Jim, what what you think? Am I am I talking tongues, y'all? Talk to me, y'all. Talk to me. No, I believe you're absolutely right. Because now that 2012 season was simply amazing to go from three and six to ten and six, and everything started clicking. But not only did RG three showed that he was big time, and he, he showed up on a national stage Thanksgiving night against the Cowboys, and he got his man. But that came the emergence of Alpha Morris, the offensive line playing well. And it was just – even when you just ran a hint of the read option and you ran a lot of play action, he was a lot more effective. But after that Baltimore game, it seemed like everything just kind of sputtered. Jim, what you think? If, if uh, we, we off topic a little bit, but we're going to get back to the draft. RG3 doesn't hurt his knee in his rookie year. Do you, do you think he takes that team to the Super Bowl? Yeah, it's possible. I mean, that offense, man. I mean, what? It was a dual threat. Alfred Morris and and uh, and Griffin. I mean, you either went for one or you went for the other. And he still had an arm to throw it down the field. I, the offense was nice. It was moving. So yeah, if man, 
it, yeah, they could have won. Anything's possible. I mean, they had a heck of an offense. And then he was new. So everybody's trying to get used to him. Junior, what you think? Hey, man, I'm going to be honest with you, man. Hey, Redskins, RG3, and they had London Fletcher leading the defense. Oh, my God. Come on, Brian. BJ, Redskins are going to the Super Bowl. And I can't say if they're going to win the Super Bowl because we had Pittsburgh out there. You know that. But, <laughs> yeah, Redskins, they were going to the Super Bowl. <laughs> oh, man. Well, we, we're going to get back on topic to the draft. My point was that black, white, whatever, whatever your talents are, you have the team has to sit down just like Kyle Shanahan did. Here's the strengths of this this quarterback, and here's his weaknesses. And I'm going to lay out his strengths, and I'm going to lay out these plays that that showcase his strengths. KG, you talking about he came, he 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 showed up on a national stage Thanksgiving the Cowboys. I'm sorry, kid. He showed up on a national stage earlier in the season when he kept going back and forth with Drew Brees. Wasn't that early uh, in that season? That was the first game of the season. That was the first. Now, he can't. Yeah, he he showed up on stage that game. And Redskins won. And the right. Redskins in, in New and, Orleans, right? And, right. And he, he do. But no, when I say he showed up on a national stage, now we struggled that game. And Pierre got hurt. But when I say he showed up on a national stage, the greatest game I've ever seen him play in the NFL was that Dallas game. Because we went up so quick, so fast. I mean, he took. Aldrick Robinson. We haven't heard anything from Aldrick Robinson since that season. He took Aldrick Robinson, made him a household name here in D.C. He took uh, Niles Pole, threw touchdowns to Niles Pole. Like, and then the last game of the season, the clinch of the division, you had Alf just out there killing it. I mean, that team, the way everything worked, and really and truly, everybody was like, well, he's just a running quarterback. No, you have to look at it. It's the threat of the run and him getting rid of the ball very, very fast on slants. He didn't when he went deep, he would roll out, set up, go deep. And he could throw a pretty deep ball. We haven't had a pretty deep ball thrown like that since Mark Ripping. And Mark Ripping can throw some pretty deep balls. But to throw deep balls like that and to hit them on target. And when you got it, you getting it. But everybody's sitting there and you freeze them with that with the play action, with the read option. Everything that it'll freeze the linebacker so they don't come up, and the next thing you know, he's tossing it over the top of your head. He's he was a very accurate quarterback, but doesn't get the credit. So I'm sitting here gushing over him, and I'm I'm sitting here next to my Redskin jersey, which is next to my RG three picture and a Redskin jersey. So I'm sitting here gushing over him. I'm I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. All right, well, let's let's get back on track. Hey, Junie, since we got two Steeler fans on here, since we got two Steeler fans on here, I'm going to let y'all talk about Pittsburgh's draft and how y'all y'all give them a grade, how y'all thought, th- thought y'all did. Um, did y'all take care of needs? Or is it still something out there y'all think y'all need to get? Talk to me, uh, Jeff, Junie, talk to me about the Steelers. Go ahead, Junie, you got it. Okay, I, I would give them a B plus. Uh, I want to say a high C. I go with a B plus. I'm gonna stick with my B plus. Um, first of all, I do want to say I'm still hurt about the Martavius Bryant trade. I, <laughs> I, I'm not gonna lie to you, man. I just ran out of Kleenex tissues because of that, and I and I like Martavius Bryant was my ideal wide receiver, along with. Uh, Antonio Brown, you know, and Juju. So it's like, but along, anyway, back to this subject, along with the draft picks, I, I can agree with it, man. They, they did a good job. They, they, they did a good job. Help me out, Jimmy. Uh, I, I hear the, the pain you have for losing Martavia. But I, I give them a B. Um, they got what they needed. I, they went more offensive than I, than I expected. Um, four offensive players, three defensive players, but I guess with this, um, with that um, Martavian Bryant pick, they picked up was it Mason Rudolph? Right. I, so you know they got something out of it. I'm a little. I'm with you. 
but we had to get something for Martavius. But none of these guys don't have to start right now. That's like the great part. Even though Terrell is um, a safety, he was drafted first round, he really doesn't have to start, So, which is great because he could sit behind Morgan Burnett. Morgan Burnett is going to have to be really awful for Edmonds to start. And then I believe they got a couple more people in front of him. And I think the only person I believe that's going to start or get a chance to really play is Jalen Samuels from North Carolina State. Just because he could play like three or four different positions and he's a receiving threat. And if something happens to Bell where he doesn't show up for the first four games or something, he's going to be able to um, take some of that stress off of James Conner. All right, so you if you give him a grade, Jim, what, you, what grade you give him the Steelers draft? Oh, I gave him a B. Okay, okay. KG, I'm giving the floor to you, brother. And um, let you talk about your Washington Redskins, how you think they did in the draft, did they address their needs? Um, I think I, I think I think they did address the need with the first pick. Um, but I'm gonna let you dive in on them, bro, and 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 tell tell us about the Redskins draft. Well, out of the eight picks that we had, I, I think we got excellent talent. Number one, we got our man in the second round. Darius Geis, who everybody in this city wanted. They wanted him. They didn't want him at 13, but they was like, we can get him late. He's going to be there. We got him. Uh, picking Deron Payne was a – I kind of figured that's what, which way they were going to go when V2V went to pick before. But in my opinion, I was like Marcus Davenport, and I've been talking about Marcus Davenport for quite some time. But Deron Payne, he strengths up the defensive line. Along Him and Tim Settle are going to do something vicious on that defensive line. Um, Greg Stroman, we need depth at cornerback. We lost two corners. We lost uh, Brashad Breeland, the free agency, who he hasn't signed yet, so we may get him back. And we lost uh, – can't think of the corner's name, the Kansas City and the uh, Alex Smith trade. So we needed that secondary depth. We needed defensive line depth. We got that. Fuller. Kendall Fuller, that's his name. And we got a tackle – and Garon Christian. Now, everybody says, well, what do we need to tackle for? You got Morgan Moses on one side, Trent on the other. Well, they're going to move Trent to guard. You don't move the silverback to guard. The silverback's one of the best tackles in the league. You don't move him to guard. You're going to take Inseki and move Inseki to guard because he can play guard or tackle. And Christian is going to be that swing tackle that Inseki was last year. I think that's how they're going to use him. Then uh, Sean Dion Hamilton out of Alabama. I mean, anybody coming out of Alabama, they're game ready. Inside linebacker. I give, and then also we drafted Mr. Irrelevant, Trey Quinn, out of SMU. And our fourth round pick, Troy, I believe it's, it's pronounced Apke, out of Penn State. I was talking to Jimmy off air about him, 4-3-40. He ain't got too many interceptions, but, hey, if you can cover him side sideline to sideline as a safety, whether it's free or you playing the strong, you back in the zone, and you can knock a few passes down. I'm happy. I give this draft the A. Hey, that's like how that's how like happiness right there. Yeah, it, it, it's been a long time since I've been happy about draft picks, and and I'm digging it. I guess because I haven't done, I haven't been into the research the last couple of years. But before getting prepared to do our pre-draft show and us talking about it, and I was just, oh my goodness. I got so deep into it and started pulling up draft profiles and what they did at the combine, what they did over their co the course of their college career. And I went back and looked at these guys. I'm like, oh, we got some studs. It, it's it's going to be a fun season. I'm like geeked up, but I'm I'm I'm, a, I'm not even going to lie to anybody because I text a few guys that I work with and I told them, I said, go, let's go ahead and pack the season up because the Giants just drafted Saquon and we got to see him twice a year. We got to see him twice a year, Ajayi twice a year, and Zeke Elliott twice a year. Let's pack the season up. But after we made our draft picks, oh, yeah, bring it on, Giants, Eagles, and them Cowgirls. Bring it on. We ready. That's some that's some strong talk, brother. <laughs> hey, I like it, man. Hey, you know, I, I thought y'all had a good draft. Anytime, anytime you're last in the league and rushing, you had to address that. It was – Vita Vey or uh, Payne, and they took they took Payne. I think I think he's gonna help out instantly. So, but let me go ahead and dive into my Buffalo Bills. Um, 
they've needed a quarterback for the last um, 20 years. Since Jim Kelly left, they needed a quarterback. You've had stints where guys played decent. Tyrod Taylor, when he first got there, played decent, and then um, he went into a shell. I uh, call it the Jason Campbell effect. Um, Trent Edwards played decent for a couple games, got paid, and then all of a sudden uh, couldn't find his car keys. Well, hold on, B. Hold on, hold on. Now, you know, the only reason when Trent Williams, when Trent Edwards took that hit from Adrian Wilson and he got that concussion, that's when it, that's when it went downhill after that. He played great until that hit came. Uh, I don't know about great. He played okay. Uh, he, he he was still missed the check down uh, before he took that hit. So, um, they had let's, let's Buffalo had a couple of needs. They they had to draft a quarterback number one. Um, on the on the previous podcast we did, I said I didn't want them to give up both first round picks just to move up for a guy that n- nobody has. You know. Uh, that's that stamp guy. There's no Peyton Manning here. There's no Eli Manning in his draft, you know. Um, so they 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 maneuvered, gave up their second round picks, switched for Tampa Bay, jumped up to seven and got Josh Allen. Okay. Um, <sighs> any other time, I would have probably been really happy with the Josh Allen pick. Um, my disappointment comes with off the field issues with uh, some tweets he made, some racial tweets he made. I mean, as far as size, he's perfect. 6'5", 233, has a cannon for an arm, which is needed in Buffalo. Um, everybody knows how the weather is up there in Buffalo. I, I just really disappointed that, and I don't want to, I don't want to sound like a, you know, I'm I'm piling on a guy because you know people make mistakes and people change. I just feel like when the shoe's on the other foot, and we we're dealing with um, issues that are important to black people to get swept under the rug. I felt like if Lamar Jackson had said something derogatory or made, a, I mean, he probably wouldn't have got drafted. Um, these tweets came out against Josh Allen, and it just oh, that's not gonna hurt his draft stock. You know, you know he's fine, and I don't know how to feel about that. And I, I'm I'm taking the the Junie route. Like I I, I want to say a lot of stuff, but uh, you know it's it's I think it's it really shows you where we are with the NFL, and it's really disappointing to see that um, that things like that get swept under the rug with NFL, and you have Colin Kaepernick kneeling for. Uh, how black and brown people are treated in this country, and you know now he's you know getting blackballed and can't play anymore. Like right now, Colin Kaepernick is still better than fifteen starting NFL quarterbacks, and he doesn't have a job. And we all know what Eric Reed can do at safety; he doesn't have a job yet. So this is just blatant, and it's it's like nothing's going to be done about it. So that's another podcast for another time. I'm a, I'm gonna continue positive with the Bills draft. Um, I did. They did take care of a need with Josh Allen. Um, so they they were sitting back at twenty two. They did some more willing and dealing, and moved up to sixteen. And they got Tremaine Edmonds from Virginia Tech. Nineteen turns twenty. Uh, I don't know if he already turned twenty or if it's a couple more days before he turns twenty. Man, I really like this pick. I really like this pick. McDermott came from uh, the coach from for the Bills came from Carolina. Coach Luke Keekley. So I think he really knows what what to look for and knows that those defensive players, especially linebackers, and I'm excited that he thinks that he can, you know, mold Edmonds into that. You know, you once you get that knack for coaching positions and you you find that special player that has those intangibles, I think Edmonds is going to be special, and uh, he he's going to help us out immediately. Uh, we go to the third round because they traded all their second round picks away to get Harrison. Uh, defensive tackle out of Sanford. Um, Sanford. Um, definitely a need. Kyle Williams, um, Mr. Buffalo Bill, he's, he's getting up there in age. I think he got one or two more seasons left in him. I uh, wouldn't be surprised. He's been getting injured a lot. I wouldn't be surprised if this would be his last season. But they definitely feel a need there. Um, they go to um, 
The next two picks are cornerbacks. Taron Johnson out of uh, Weber State and Saran Neal, I hope I said his name right, out of Jackson, Jacksonville State. Both cornerbacks. Um, definitely, you can never have enough depth there. You're playing against Tom Brady twice a year, and they pass 85% of the time. You have to gear your team towards who you play in your conference, just like the, the Redskins. They're going to see Saquon, Saquon Barkley twice a year now. You, if you, you'll be a fool if you don't get your front seven together and prepare for that. Okay? So I like, the, I like them going with some depth at cornerback. And then uh, you had Eric Wood having to retire the center for the Bills from uh, neck problems. Incognito retired for like an hour and then came back. So it's, it's definitely time to start looking at offensive linemen. They get Wyatt Teller out of Virginia Tech to help with that. Uh, I, I don't really trip off of the guard, the offensive line. I mean, you got some studs that are first-rounders, but I really think if you got really good scouts and you're doing your homework, you can find really good, solid players, period. We're not just talking about offensive line in these later rounds, and I, I like I like that pick. Um, the last two picks were wide receivers. Uh, Ray Ray McLeod out of Clemson and Austin Pro out of North Carolina. So that's that's interesting because I think Kelvin Benjamin has one more year left on his contract. Um, definitely need to put some speed there. And like I've been saying uh, all along, when you have an inept quarterback, you can't see what your receivers are capable of. Just like just like KG, you said RG three put a what's the boy name? What the wide receiver we haven't heard from again? Alter Robinson. Alter Robinson. Never heard from this guy again ever. Okay. If you got a good quarterback that can get you the ball, and and Tyrod Teller wasn't that, he not that. Um, Cleveland, God bless y'all, but um, I think if Josh Allen can get in there, make plays, get people the ball, and you can actually find out what you have out of these receivers, you know what I'm saying? Like I'll go back to the Jacksonville playoff game. And a wild card, it was receivers wide open the whole game. Even with those those monsters they call cornerbacks out there, Jacksonville, it was receivers open. And Tyrod Teller just wouldn't throw the ball. So, with that being said, I'm going to give the Bills a B in the draft because they addressed their needs. Offensive line, cornerback, they definitely made moves, made really smart moves, didn't give up too much capital, got the quarterback, Got a stud on defense. I'm gonna give him a B. I'm I'll give him a B plus. I'm gonna give him a B plus. And um, yeah, I give him a B plus. What y'all, what y'all think? Yeah, yeah, am, am I, am I uh, overstretching the Bills? B plus is too much, not enough. I don't think you are. I mean, granted, Josh Allen. I I, I thought that y'all would take uh. Not just not Josh Allen. I thought y'all would have took Lamar Jackson just to snatch him up because I thought the Patriots were going to take him because they were really impressed with him and they they fell in love with him. But they took Sony Michelle. So, but I don't I don't see it. I, I I see it. I say a B to a B plus. But Tremaine Edmonds, he has football in his blood. His father is Pharrell Edmonds. They used to play with the Dolphins. That's right. And the Pittsburgh picked up his other brother playing safety. So they 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 got they got the football in their jeans. They got NFL blood running through them. And if I'm trying to find out about Austin Proel. Is that Ricky's son? But I, I may be wrong. I'm trying to do a little digging. But yeah, I want. I was thinking the same thing. I, I we both had to do some digging. When I saw the name, I was like, hold on a second. I'm just. When you get – it's something – and I, I, we talk about it a lot. Everybody does. When you have the son of former players, and let's say that player was just a marginal player, expect something big in that that that, that the son because dad says, hey, look out for this, this, and this. This is what you need. And he's prepared. Not saying that when dad's a superstar, it's going to happen the same way because when dad's a superstar, dad knows these are the things you have to look out for. But – this is the reason why you don't want to follow in my footsteps type thing. Yeah, exactly. I agree. So I'm just 
I, I, I love your draft, man. I'm, <laughs> I, I like to see y'all do good because I like to see you happy. I like to see Pittsburgh do good because I like to see Jim and Junie happy. I like to see my sister happy, who's a fake Pittsburgh fan, but I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna mess with her about that. But I, I got to give y'all at least a B plus, man. So on to the next. We stand with the NFL draft. I'm gonna get. I want to get Junie. You, you, you been there? You still there with us? Junie, you still there, Junie? Oh, we'll go to Jim. Jim, you there? Yeah, I'm here. What's your surprise of the draft? Man, uh, I think the surprise for me was uh, uh, Bakerfield going number one. <laughs> I think that was the, like the surprise for me. Uh, I think that would uh, kind of threw me off. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. KG. Uh, uh, I got more than one. I mean, I, I agree with Jimmy. Uh, Baker Mayfield going number one because I had Saquon Barkley going number one, and then they take that fourth pick and pick their quarterback. I'm oh man, that was my biggest surprise. My second surprise was uh, Lamar Jackson falling to thirty-two. I, I I just think with what he can do, what he brings to the table, I just think out of this quarterback class. Him and Rosen are going to be the two that stand above each other. I mean, don't, don't get me wrong. This is not the, the 83 draft class with quarterbacks. So, I'm not saying that at all. Where you you know, your tops out of that class was Marino, Elway, and Kelly. No, I'm sorry. Kelly was in 80s. No, Kelly was 83. Yeah, that was Jim Kelly was in that class too. But it's not that type of class, but I still think Lamar Jackson was a, 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 no lower than the third-rated quarterback in that draft. But. And my third surprise was Shaquem Barkley fell to the fifth round. That right, and to be honest, I really, I, I, I had also thought about taking him at number thirteen because that's a he's a talent. But I was like, we can't, we don't get him at thirteen. Hey, pick him up in the second round, trade and double up some, get some double picks or something. Try to get him no later than second round because he is first or second round talent, and he fell to the fifth because of a disability that has, hasn't held him back. That was my three surprises right there. Yeah, I'm going to have to piggyback off of one. One of mine was definitely Shaquem Griffin. I thought um, second, third round, I think the NFL teams are very, very scared because they never drafted a player with, uh, you know, missing a limb. So I think that really scared him off. I mean, the numbers he put up at the combine, those are first – that's first round, second round numbers. He put twenty up on a bench press. He ran four three something at the combine, right? Let me let me let me make sure. I'll keep I'll keep going while you're looking, but okay. I I really thought, and I I, I was listening to Mike Mayock, and he re, he had him at fourth and fifth round. I guess you know Mike Mike Mayock, you know he's he's in tune with the GMs and stuff. I, I just really think it was. The missing him missing the, the hand that really scared the NFL teams off. I really hope he go to the next level and dominate and make those teams that didn't grab him beforehand pay because he's going with his brother, his twin brother in Seattle. So that you know they trying to start Legion of Boom two point over there. Yeah, he, he ran a four three eight and a forty yard dash. That is talent right there. I, I thought it was awesome to see how to pick them up, man. Put them on the same team with the brother. I thought it was awesome. Yeah, it was. And, and you, it, man, you talking about awesome, awesome moments in the draft. What about Ryan Shazier walking out to 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 make the pick for Pittsburgh? Hey, I'm trying not to cry. Man, yeah, everybody. I mean, he had he had the Pittsburgh section in tears. I mean, Dion was trying not to cry. Man, I mean, it just shows you the severity of the injury he took. You know, we sit back and, and, you know, go get beer and food and stuff for Sunday, and these guys putting their bodies on the line like that. And he, he man, he's a true warrior. And they did, that was that was a feel good moment of the draft. The uh, Ravens taking Orlando Brown. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> wow. It was like, man. Yeah, Football was, blood was running thick 
and flowing Man. during the draft. And Austin Proel is Ricky's son. Is he? Okay. Yes, cool. sir. That's he cool. is. That's cool. I like that, man. That, it, it, it was just it, that. And I think I think the best moment for me, I have to go buy me a Ravens jersey just because they did that. They, I thought Lamar Jackson was going to fall to the second or third round. When the Ravens traded back up, and got that last spot from Philadelphia and, and drafted Lamar Jackson. I felt so good. I felt mad at the same time because I felt like he shouldn't have, he shouldn't have fell that far. And um, when he got drafted, it just felt good to, to see him get drafted, get out of that green room, sitting with his mom and the family, you know, just having that look of, you know, uncertainty to get drafted and get up there on that stage. It, 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 was, it was really nice to see that. Look, I'm glad he was drafted. I'm just mad he was drafted by the Ravens. Hey, 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 hold on, hold on. I was going to say, I'm so glad Lamar Jackson was drafted. I'm so happy. But, BJ, you're just not ever welcome to my house with the jersey on. <laughs> hey, you two not the only ones not happy. <laughs> Ravens, because Joe Flacco mad too. Well, well he, he, you still got to deal with – RG3, and I don't think RG3 was brought in as a camp on. Um, I think that was the reason why RG3 was signed. He's going to wind up be, being a mentor to, to uh, Lamar Jackson because RG3 is a totally different person than he was six years ago when he came to D.C. And see, I'm, I'm about to touch on that. If I don't know if I would want RG3 to mentor Lamar Jackson, especially all the stories and stuff that came out and what we've heard about RG3 and what Mike Shanahan even, you know, said about him. So I'm not sure if that's the person I want mentoring Lamar Jackson, maybe teaching him to read option offense, you know, showing him a couple things, maybe, you know, help maybe giving him some, you know, tips, but I don't, I just, ah. But no, but go ahead, Jim. No, I kind of agree with Brian, but at the same time, he's learned a lesson. He went from the highest, to like the lowest. So he should be a great example of us telling Lamar, hey, um, stick with your strength. If they put in a read option and it works for you, stick to your strength. You know, they're already going to try to cut you back and make you stay in the pocket and not use your legs. Use your legs when you get the chance. I think RG3 could be a great inspiration for him. I mean, don't listen to outside people. Be yourself, stick to your stick to what you can do good, and just because as you practice, you'll get better and you can become a better pocket passer. But also, you got that speed to take off and scare any defense around in this league. You know what? Absolutely true. But the only reason why I say he would mentor him is because hey, this is the path I took. Don't do what I did, stay humble. Don't be all in the media because if you don't really hear RG3 too much in the media. You don't hear him too much on Twitter. He's not on Instagram like he used to be. You went from being on a playoff caliber team in Washington to being on the outs with the new coach to going to Cleveland and winning one game to out of the league. And you, he said he sat out a whole year and it's changed his whole perspective. Well, Maybe that's the, the lesson that's ne- that needs to be taught. Well, it I- all can be taken away. I hope so. I really do, because he was a hell of a talent. I really hope he can help Lamar die. I just, you know, if he's the same guy, it's gonna. I don't want to see Lamar get tangled up into that, you know, because RG3 didn't come to Baltimore to be a backup. If he can get his opportunity to play in front of Flacco, if Flacco struggles, there's going to be some some moving and shaking in, in, in uh, Baltimore, trust me. Um, One more, one more point. Uh, the NFL draft, Mr. Irrelevant. Who is Mr. Irrelevant, KG? Mr. Troy Quinn out of SMU. Drafted by my Washington Redskins. Mr. Irrelevant. Now, the um, question is, will he make the tag on roster? Oh, man. I mean, after Doxon, I mean, who, who are the other receivers? Oh, after Dotson, you got uh, what's my man name? Uh, Maurice Harris. I think Maurice Harris is gonna come into his own this year. Uh, Jamison Crowder. Mm, that's about it. Number twenty-five. Really 
What's number 25 name? Oh, Chris Thompson? Yes, sir. He coming back off a of, uh, broken leg, so I'm, I'm, I'm happy to have him back. He nice. You got uh, Robert Davis, and then also Paul Richardson. I'm sorry. Don't forget about Paul Richardson, but I think Paul Richardson be more of a special teams contributor. So, But his draft profile, he's six feet tall. Troy Quinn is 203. I mean, he's not really bad. I think the only thing that hurt him is he went from LSU to SMU. He sat out the 2016 season. But he played 13 games, 114 catches, 12-36, 13 touchdowns. That's not nothing to shake a stick at. I don't care what school you at. So don't tell me, oh, it's because he went to SMU. No, let me see you go do it, and you go to SMU. I think if if he can return punts, if he can return kickoffs, I think he has a spot on that team. Because you, now you got Richardson, Doxson, Crowder in the slot. Um, I really think if he can come out there, sharp route running, I think he has a spot on that team. If he can return kickoff, make a name for himself as a solid special teamer and a high motor and show he, you know, he's not going to give up on the plays and stuff and, and contribute that way, I think he has – I really think he has a chance at making that team. Which I – what you think, Jim? Hey, look, I, I'm going to give him a chance. I mean – he was recruited by LSU for some reason. There you go. So he he must have some type of talent. There you go, Joni. What you think? I agree. He got talent. I mean, give him a chance. Yeah, I mean, any LSU, Alabama, anybody that transferred from there, obviously, if you got recruited by that school, you can you could do something. You know, you got some some talent somewhere. So I don't know if he, why he tra- why did, did it say why he transferred KG. Oh, let's see what we got here. Nope. Okay. Well, probably more than likely when somebody transfers playing time. So we- yeah, because he, he played in 13 games as a true freshman. Only had 17 receptions for 193 yards. As a sophomore, he played in 12, and he only had five catches for 83. So, yeah, it had to be playing time. Okay. Well. Yeah, exactly, because you know they got the high four or five-star recruits coming out there. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's go on to our next topic. We're going to switch switch gears, and we're going to talk about uh, wrapping up the NBA first round and um, some of the other surprises we talked about. We talked the last time about uh, Portland not even showing up to play the Pelicans. But uh, so far, guys, what y'all think about the NBA playoffs? Junie, go ahead and, and, and lead us off. Well, right now I'm enjoying the playoffs. Um I just don't know what to say about OKC, man. Uh, Carmelo, Lord have mercy. I'll I, I leave that alone. But I'm going to tell you, man, the Houston Rockets, they're making a statement. And on to the Warriors, I think the Warriors are going to be, without Steph, I think they're still going to be a little bit too much for the Pelicans. It is too much talent on the uh, Warriors team for the Pelicans. Jim, what do you think about the playoffs? Yeah, yeah, the disappointment of Portland. It's just uh, with, with this first game between the Warriors and the Pelicans, man, they lost by 22. Now, I, I hope it, they get closer. I don't want to see no blowouts. Um, Houston uh, manhandled who they play today. Somebody the help me out. Yeah, they manhandled the Jazz. I mean, they make it look too easy. So I, I hope the games are a lot closer. Uh, Cleveland just finished it out today. LeBron had like 46. So hopefully, you know, the East games will be closer. I, you know, I want to see some close games. KG? As far as the first round goes, Houston has shown dominance. And they showed they can they can outrun you and they can outshoot you. Uh, Golden State hasn't been at full strength. They said uh, Steph will be back game two. So that that's already done, and New Orleans New Orleans is good, but New Orleans is not gonna keep up with Golden State. New Orleans got to realize Golden State is not the Blazers. They're not gonna they're not gonna take them out that easy. And Steve Kerr is one of the best coaches in the league. He's he's got great basketball IQ. He's played with some of the greatest players. He played under two of the greatest coaches 
So he he's good to go. And on the east side, Cleveland. Hmm. Hmm. You know, Cleveland was my pick to be in the finals from the East. And I don't know what to say about Cleveland. I'm BJ, me and you talked about it earlier. If Kevin Love was Kevin Love where he's dropping not even 25, he's only giving you 20 and 20, 20 and 15. This team would be totally different. But I see Kevin Love taking off and he doesn't go in the post. Or going to high post, catch a you know a dump down, and LeBron cuts, and he dips into LeBron or something like that. No, he's running to the three point line, and he's shooting threes. I'm like, that's not the Kevin Love we we, we know. But if Cleveland struggles the way they struggled against Indiana, I think Toronto can beat them. And then Boston and Philly, that's gonna be I, I'm I got that circle because that's gonna be the series that everybody needs to watch. Boston and Philly, because this is a true test for Philly to find out if the process really works. And we've been trusting the process for three years. You know what? That that Boston is my surprise team. They done lost their two best players, and these guys are balling out of control. I mean, Terry Rozier is lighting them up like he's the greatest point guard slash shooting guard there ever was. I mean, he lit I mean, he lit him up, man. I, I think Philly might be too much for him, but I'm very surprised at Boston. And depending on how Jalen Brown's hamstring goes, this could be the uh, the end of uh, Boston, depending. Now, speaking of Boston, I, I, I'm going to get y'all on record right now because we had this conversation off air maybe about two weeks ago when I asked y'all about Al Horford. You still feel the same way? You still feel that Al Horford's not one of the best power forwards? or has been one of the best, most consistent power forwards in the game. Look, I'm not a big fan of Al Horford. He has his ins and his outs, his ups and his downs. But uh, when the spotlights are on, he showed up. Yeah, I don't know if I'm trusting him that much, though. <laughs> hey, let me, let, me, let, me, let, me, let me put something out there. When you have when Marcus Morris and Markeith Morris are considered good power forwards, I think that really tells you where Al Horford is. As far as the power forward, I mean, uh, like, uh, don't get me wrong. Al Horford got some game, but I just don't think it's Hall of Fame caliber talent. When you when you talk about the hall, the power forwards that haven't gotten the Hall of Fame, Chris Webber, you know what I mean? Well, Chris Webber, Chris Webber's a shoe in. You know, next year is his year. Yeah, I mean, but I just, I think, I think that's probably one of the weakest positions in the league right now. You know how the, the league goes through its, its weak position, center's weak. I think that the, the, the big man spot in the league is weak right now. And, I mean, can you really say that he's been – I mean, he's been considered – you got to do what you're supposed to do against lesser competition. But you don't have Tim Duncan out there, Kevin Garnett going against it every night. Can you really say that? You know, this guy going against Marcus Morris and Markeith Morris, I could probably go out there. I'm six foot even and put 20 of them on them bums. Like, really? Like, who who, who, who does – the Wizards have Markeith, right? Yeah, they have Markeith. Boss has Marcus. Hey, you're a bum. <laughs> you're a bum. I, 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 and we're, we're going to tag the Wizards. You're a bum. And um, I'm going into my playoff disappointments. Of course – the number one on my list is the Wizards. And I'm so glad John Wall called these bums out and said how they don't have an athletic big man. That's a direct shot at Gortat. Um, these these clowns, Gortat, um, Mark, Mark, Markeith Morris, they got outplayed the whole series. Markeith Morris put up a game, 22 points, whatever he had, whatever, it's garbage. Okay. Because he didn't do anything else for the rest of the series. You're a bum. Okay? Um, if Gortat and Morris is on the, on the roster next year, I'm not watching any games. I won't go to any games. I refuse to support mediocrity. Absolutely refuse to. Okay? I know that they're cap, cap strapped with the three max contracts. Um, Bradley Bill needs to get more consistent. He shows he can play in flashes. 
very inconsistent. And, you know, Wall is really the only person on that team that can take over a game and, and have that, that, that killer instinct. Bill doesn't really have that yet. I guess he's still got to learn that. Um, here's another thing I was disappointed in, and, and I'm going to get to the other teams. Um, I kept seeing DeMar DeRozan just walk in the lane from the top of the key, walk into the middle of the lane, shoot a flow to shoot a jump shot. Um, I guess I'm old school NBA. At what point does somebody – and it doesn't have to come from Scott Brooks. It doesn't have to come from the coaching staff. At what point does one of the guys look, give you that look, be like, look, next time he come to the lane, knock his teeth out. Stop – he went to the lane for six games. He would dribble, get the ball at the top of the key, dribble right into the lane, right there at the top of it, right underneath the the free throw line, with no resistance. Hey Brian, yeah, you gotta think about it. this. Is you see, you you just said you think an old school lane bid. You come in, you get clothesline. That's not happening no more because you get you get a flagrant two, you get ejected, they get two foul shots plus the ball inbounds, that's not happening no more. So the problem is with when you got Gortada in the middle, he's slow foot. So I'm gonna beat Bill to the to the to the free throw line, take two steps and do a floater, and Martin Gortada probably got his back turned or he's just not fast enough to get out there. And then he's not a leaper. See if you had somebody maybe like Tyson Chandler or JaVel McGee in the middle who has quick feet, quick reaction, and can actually jump? It makes them makes makes them think a little differently. Hey, when you when you're getting when you're getting blown past by Vasilunas, we know you have no athleticism whatsoever. Um, I know Gortat made a statement in January he wanted to retire with the Magic. I would drive him down there myself. Okay, I pay for gas. I pay for the food. He wouldn't have to pay. I'll drive him myself. Just get the hell out of Washington. Get off that roster. Okay? You're you're a, a big reason why that team lost. No inside presence whatsoever. Okay? But here's what I'm saying, Jim. Now, I understand he's not a leaper. I understand, he, you know, he's not a shot blocker. But, okay, you're close enough. Hey, put a shoulder in it. Like, Act like you're going for the ball. Put a shoulder in something. There's no dirty players on the Washington team. That that's the, the Ben Simmons, the Ben Simmons screen on Dwayne Wade. That was that was a hit stick Madden hit. He laid hit Dwayne Wade out. I don't care what you did in the past. I don't care who you played with. You come around me again on the screen. I'm gonna lay you out. But what you gotta remember. Gortat may be built for tough, but he's not for tough. It just it's not in his game. He's just not that physical. And he can be. He has a nice little hook. He has a nice little ten foot game, actually. But can't say what he's thinking mentally. Look, if, if I would have heard he wanted to retire with the Magic, man, I would gave him the first tricycle out as fast as I could. Like you said, I, man, I most definitely don't want him on on my team because it's hard not with the Wizards. It's in Orlando. You know what? And, and I, I agree with you with Gortat. But okay, why not Morris? Why not Mike Scott? Why not Mahimi? Why not Sanaraski? Why not somebody? Bill. Hey, Bill, use one of your fouls. He goes to the lane again. Put some body on him. Make him not want to. He went to the lane all game with no consequences. I'm going to get you off, know, I'm get off uh, Washington. Before I, you do that, B, let, let me ask you this. I think we talked about I don't know. We were talking. And we were talking about that intimidation factor. The yep. start of the game, Mahimi's your biggest man, right? Yep. Every time they take a shot, take the goal to the penalty, have Mahimi swatted away from the lane. That intimidation factor, like every time you come in here, I'm going to throw it. Whether it's a goal ten or not, I'm going to throw it. And I'm talking about you come through and you want to hit that floater. Mahimi, wait till it's on his way down it's almost in. And he throw it up in the 17th row. Let him do that two or three times and see how many times they keep coming in there. And if you just get one accidentally on purpose foul, Oh, my bad. Oh, let me pick you up. And you, as you pick him up, you dap him up and say, hey, good, yeah, my bad. I'm sorry. Did you whisper in his head? Don't come in here again. Or I'm going to put you on your behind again. And then you kind of just walk off. I agree with you. I agree with you. Let me uh, let me get off the Wizards. I'm going to go through the rest of 
the uh, my disappointments. Uh, Carl Anthony Towns, Minnesota, the first round Houston series didn't even show up. I'm gonna give him a pass because this is his first playoff series and playoff basketball is completely different from regular season basketball. Jordan went through it. All the greats went through it. LeBron went through it. So I'm going to give him a pass. Uh, Portland was an ultimate disappointment. Not even showing up for that series. Um, <sighs> my biggest donkey and disappointment goes to the Oklahoma City Thunder. I don't even know where to start. First of all, you got a guy that averages a triple-double for the season. Some games not even getting over 20 points. You got a guy, and and Paul George, and I know Indiana fans probably are going to write a letter thanking OKC for giving them Victor Oladipo. Somebody that actually wants to play and has that passion to play. You telling me when the game is on the line, and you're facing elimination, Mr. Playoff P himself, what he dubbed himself, 45 minutes, five points, three rebounds, eight assists, two for 16 from the field, six from three-point land. Why is there Why is there a market for – oh, no, I'm not going to say why there's a market for him because he's talented. But after him laying this dud in an elimination game, why Why would the Lakers or anybody else be running to go get this guy? I don't understand this. He showed because me what he can do in big games. And we're not – Carmelo Anthony is a whole different podcast, okay? I, I, I think Kevin just said it because he's PG. And then just think – you got to think about it too. This was a stopgap. Anytime a guy says he wants to play for a certain team, he's at another team, even though they have talent, this is, was nothing but a stopgap. Yeah. His heart is in L.A. So when he gets to L.A., he'll be more motivated because he's at home. And then uh-huh. he'll probably have Kobe come and talk to him and all the other great Lakers that, that have been there. And he wants to put his number up in the rafters. So his passion and probably now that OKC, he just rode the wave as long as he could. And if it went good, he might stay. Well, I we lost his bag. So we'll we'll keep going, see if we can get Jim back. His bags is already packed. That's what that was. Before that game was started, his bags is already packed. By halftime, the car was started. He was already on his way out. I, I wasn't it's surprised. Sad. It's really sad that that that's the case. Like, like I, I can't even imagine. We dream of being playing NFL or playing NBA and these guys have these opportunities and basically it's just like oh okay let me just finish this so I can get to where I need to be Carmelo Anthony balked at somebody asked I guess coming off the bench he balked at it like you're putting up bench numbers and you're starting like it's obvious that your passion for the game you can see it it's not there Am I wrong? I don't even remember. It wasn't the uh, wasn't him and LeBron in the same draft. Yes, sir. Two thousand three, one of the greatest NBA drafts. And can you? It's just like, and I'm. I know I'm gonna make some Laker fans upset, but it it was once upon a time that Kobe and LeBron, Kobe and Michael was being compared. Kobe, LeBron, Kobe's name is not even in the picture no more. When we're talking about. People are talking about the greatest players. It's, it's comparing LeBron to Michael. When they first got drafted, though they were they were you couldn't talk about one without the other. And now he's not even in like he's not even in the same book. And the book has twenty chapters. He's not even in the same book as LeBron James anymore. Really sad. It's really it, it really like. If I'm Oklahoma City fan and I paid to play those playoff games, I'm writing Carmelo Anthony a letter to get my money back. Give me my money back. You play like a bench player, and you have the audacity to say, I'm not coming off nobody. You can't score on your jersey number every night, seven, because he put up that twice. 
14 points the last game, I think. Get out of here, man. You're not, you're not the same guy that was in Denver. That guy, when he, he moved, he went to New York to please his wife probably because his wife wanted more limelight, and it just ruined his career. His career went downhill from there. He got what he wanted, went to New York, and it just couldn't get the same Carmelo, couldn't get that passion anymore. Junie, what you think about Carmelo? It, it's, it's, it's sad. Uh, he got that big money. He got the Jordan tennis shoe contract. So he's getting his checks coming in. So the passion for the game is went has went down. Went downhill. As long as his checks coming in, he don't, it don't seem like he cares. And like I said the other night, I saw him chasing, following, running behind somebody. Couldn't even catch up with him. So everything you're saying, are, I'm trying to calm down. Wow. It's it's so so many young guys want to be in that position, and he just want to get a check and go home. Yeah, it's sad to see because we saw the Carmelo fighting with Kobe when he was with Denver in the playoffs. That Carmelo, Uh, that Carmelo is long gone, long gone. And that that dude goes down in NBA lore because they went shot for shot, toe for toe. Man. Toe for toe, and it was like, all right, that's we. we this is what we're gonna see out of Melo. This his whole career. Okay, I can deal with this. And now it's just a guy that's going off of the talent God gave him, and just rolling with it. Like, all right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do the least amount of work. Go out here, shoot up some jumpers. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to bring Bubba Chuck down, but Bubba Chuck, Allen Iverson, he's probably the exception. Well, he wouldn't have to practice and could come out and drop 50 on you. Carmelo Anthony is not that guy. He's not that guy. Not at all. And he – real quick, guys, before we – we're going to wrap it up. Capitals win the day. What was it, 4-1, KG? If I'm not mistaken, it was 4-1. But I know Alexander Ovechkin scored quickly. We talked 17 about- seconds in. We talked about we talked about the Capitals. They lost. They dropped the first game. They dropped the first game. Came back and won the second game. The series is tied. But we talked about this. If they, they want to erase the demons, if they want to move on, you got to go through Pittsburgh. You got to beat the bully. Right, right, Junie. That's right. Let's go, Caps. Hey man, rock the red, baby. Uh, we said we're gonna dip our big toe in it because, like I said, that ain't our. It ain't our field of expertise, but we keep an eye on the Capitals. Why not open, why not close? Because we don't want to jinx them. Like, you know, when they know we're watching and they fall apart. So we're going to stay at a sticks distance from the TV. And, you know, hopefully they keep playing the same way. They got to go to Pittsburgh now, and they got to get a game out of Pittsburgh to keep going. Right? Agreed. KG, tell them, tell them, tell the good people where they can find us at. Where they could communicate with us at, where they podcast at. All right. You can catch us on Facebook at Out of Bounds Podcast, on Instagram at OOB Show Podcast, on Twitter, OOB Show Podcast 4. We can be heard on Google Play Music, Apple iTunes, Stitcher, Overcast, Pocket Cast, and now. As of Thursday, you can hear us on Radio Public. You want to you want to reach us by email? It is oobshowpodcast at gmail.com. And we're gonna post um, on our Facebook page and our uh, Instagram page. We're gonna post the picture with all our Twitter handles. So, if, like, if there's any subjects that you heard on the show that any particular guest t- touched on, like you want to talk Steelers with Junie or Jim. You want to talk with me, BJ? You want to talk Redskins with KG? You know our Twitter handles. You can reach us that way. Hey, Junie, can you let us let them know about Scott's detailing before we before we leave off there? Give me a call seven five seven two one eight nine four five three. If you want your car looking brand new again, give me a call. Hey, what areas do you serve? Where you come to, B? DC, Maryland, and Virginia. Hey, good stuff. Hey, man, that's that's all the time we have for the Out of Bounds podcast. 
this lovely Sunday for Big Jim. Jim had some technical difficulties. He sent a shout out, much love, uh, be safe. Junie, it was a pleasure doing business with you, my man. KG, go ahead, Junie, go ahead, I'm sorry. No, 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 it's always a pleasure. It's always a pleasure talking about sports. Everybody out in radio land, TV land, hit us up. You want to talk? Hit us up. And KG, you already know what it is, man. It's always a pleasure talking to you, talking about them skins, talking locally. We're gonna get uh we're gonna get, you know, we're gonna get this podcast where we need it to be, brother. And, I, we, and took the, we took the first step. We got we got KG a new phone, baby. <laughs> Y'all gonna leave me alone about my phone now. Man, <laughs> it, it no, no more sounding like you're underwater or or falling off a roof or something. We got you covered now. Hey. <laughs> I'm, I'm top of the line now. I'm top of the line. And sounding good too, man. And, and that's all really we got. good. Yeah. Hey, that's all we got for today from the Out of Bounds podcast. I'm BJ. Please be safe. We will come to you. Uh, it'll probably be Tuesday or Wednesday. Another podcast to talk about the uh, NFL, uh, not NFL, the NBA playoffs, and uh, whatever, whatever else we we conjure up. We 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 get creative. Y'all have y'all take care. Be safe. Until next time. Hashtag all caps, baby. See you.